You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. Let's go back in time when turtles roam the sewers of New York. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror, the black in the And knowing was half the battle. Yo, yo! It's time for Saturday Morning Rewind. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know I pretty much say this every time, but I love this episode. Bob Bergen will be joining me. Of course, most of you know him as the voice of Porky Pig. Some of them make it considered the Grand Canyon to be a holy site. So, what do you think? And he's got a really, really cool story about his childhood that he actually told his parents he wanted to voice Porky Pig. And this was years and years before he actually started doing it. This is really amazing. I'm also going to throw in some audio that he recorded as a kid of him calling Mel Blanc on the phone and actually doing a little mini interview. And also another little audio of him talking to Dawes Butler. Both are legends in the voiceover industry. And if you want to hear the full audio of both of those, go to his website. It's at bobbergen.com. And of course, I'm doing another giveaway with this episode, so go to my site at hitrockbottom.org slash Saturday Morning Rewind. And on the left-hand side, there's a form there. Just fill that out to enter and win Season 1, Volume 1 of the Looney Tunes show on DVD. The contest is going to end December 31st. Also remember to follow me on Facebook and Twitter and leave a positive iTunes review. All those links can be found on the same website. So, all right, guys, sit tight as I talk to Bob about Porky Pig, Mel Blanc, Dawes Butler, and the life and times of Bob Bergen. Hi, is this Tim? Yes, it is, Bob. Hey, Tim. Bob Bergen, how you doing? Good. You're you're two minutes late. I'm very, very I know, disappointed. man. I'm sorry. God. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I wouldn't even do it now. It's, it's. I don't know, man. Just send me to the woodshed. What can I say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, how are you doing today? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. All right. Before we get started, I need to hear the voice. I need to hear Porky. Hey, buddy. What's your voice? I, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like Bob to me. Oh, how are you? I try to do it better. <laughs> That's amazing. So how often do you do that voice for people? Every day? If they ask. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm I'm happy to uh, to do the pig anytime somebody wants. I prefer to do it for money, but I don't mind doing it for <laughs> anybody else. That's a good attitude to have. Now, you probably have the best backstory I've heard for a voice actor what age were you when you told your parents that you wanted to be Porky Pig? Uh, honestly, five. I was just a five-year-old kid who would watch cartoons, and there was a character that I, I just, for some reason, some bizarre reason, I uh, I connected with, and I told my parents I wanted, to, I wanted to be Porky Pig when I grew up. What was it that connected you to Porky? What was it that attracted you to him? I just found that his personality and his character, um, the... Uh, the comedy in his ad lib when he would stutter for some reason even at five years old I I, I I related to it or I just found it you know 
funny and interesting. So, um, I don't know. It's 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 an odd thing for a five year old to want to be. But you know, some kids want to be a, a a lawyer. Some kids want to be a fireman. I wanted to be a stuttering pig. <laughs> I guess somebody's got to do it, right? Well, you know, somebody does have to do it, and you know, fortunately, I got the opportunity. And what was your your parents' response when you, when you told them that? Well, my mom said you can't do Porky Pig or Jewish, and I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't think she understood what I really wanted, and I didn't really understand what she was saying because <laughs> we were the we were the kind of uh, Jewish family that had a menorah next to the Christmas tree, so oh, nice. uh, we were more ish than Jew. <laughs> I'm not I'm not Jewish at all. I don't know that much about it. But what would what would the answer be? You know, that would make your mother proud, like a doctor, a lawyer, police. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think any parent who wants their kid to go into something like medicine that has, you know, a substantial possible uh, annual income, because the odds of, I mean, I grew up in the Midwest, so the odds of me either being able to do this character, living in the city where this these cartoons are produced, and having the opportunity to um, even audition at the, at the right time were, were pretty much against me. Mm-hmm. And at the age of, age of five, you were walking around the house and school talking like Porky Pig and everything? As best as I could. I mean, you know, my voice hadn't changed. I was a five-year-old kid. Uh-huh. So, you know, when teachers would ask me a question, I would answer the, the teacher like Porky Pig, and I used to get into a lot of trouble. And, <laughs> you know, I would watch the corners of their mouth start to laugh as I continued and realized, okay, I've got them. Uh-huh. But, um, again, I'm just a kid being obnoxious in school. So at that point, it was really just a pipe dream. So my next question would have to be, how often did you get beat up from other kids for being Porky Pig? Well, I never got beat up because I was pretty much the class clown. Okay. And, you know, I would I would also <clears throat> imitate teachers. So, you know, it was it was certainly, uh, it came in, uh, it, 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 let me put it this way. I, n- I never needed to get beat up for doing voices. Uh, I knew how to work it. Okay. So besides Porky, did you have any other characters that you loved as a kid? Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to love all the Hanna-Barbera characters, Yogi Bear, you know, Snagglepuss, Huckleberry Hound. Uh, I used to love uh, Speed Racer. I used to love Popeye, all the all the Looney Tunes. But, you know, I was I was a typical kid who would be up at 6 a.m. and pour a bowl of Cat and Crunch and watch TV. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad kids nowadays don't really have what we had, you know, growing up. I mean, they, they get <laughs> cartoons 24-7, you know. It's not, it's not dedicated right. to one, one time anymore. Yeah, I mean, you, you couldn't ask your parents to record that cartoon because you couldn't, you, you didn't have it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but today, you know, you want to quiet a kid down, you buy a, an SUV that has a video yep. uh, and, a, and a monitor, and, you know, kids get it nowadays. Uh, it's easy. Back then, oh my gosh, you know, cartoons had a certain time, and, you know, the sad thing is that kids don't don't have, even have Saturday morning cartoons really. No, recorded. they don't. I think they've got whole networks for them, and they've got mm-hmm. DVDs, but they don't have that, hey, it's Saturday morning, wake up and watch the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite memories of Saturday morning, it would be the Looney Tunes, you know, cartoons. Sure. That came on, and I think that was the last thing that they aired until they started going to adult programming. Yeah, it just... Well, the Looney Tunes, you know, all cartoons, really only started on Saturday morning because networks needed programming, and they okay. didn't have a budget for it, so... You know, they had their Captain Kangaroo during the week, and they had the Today Show, but they didn't have kids programming, so they had all of these old cartoons. They had, uh, you know, the Little Rascals, things like that. So 
and they started broadcasting classic cartoons. And, you know, Hanna-Barbera started, they, they, they branched off from MGM back in the late 50s, early 60s, and they started their own cartoon department. And the early Hanna-Barbera cartoons resembled the shorts in the theaters. They were six minutes, because so, that's all they knew. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the late 60s, well, you know, television for adults had the Flintstones back in, you know, 1960 and the Jetsons. But kids finally got things like Scooby-Doo and the Funky Phantom and the half-hour animated sitcoms for kids in the, in the late 60s. Yeah, just definitely not what it is nowadays, that's for sure. It's, all, it's just a very different market, but yeah. again, you know, it's 24 hours of it today. Exactly, exactly. Now, I was searching around through your website earlier today and yesterday, and I am addicted to the audio files that you have on there. They're, they're amazing. The little clips you recorded of yourself as a kid doing Porky Pig. And, and, and for some bizarre reason, get everything. I know, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, that's, that's insane. I mean, I'm glad you did. Yeah, I, I, I told my parents I wanted to eat Porky Pig when I was five, and my grandmother bought me a tape recorder. And so I could tape cartoons, and I could tape myself <laughs> mimicking cartoons. So I walked around with a tape recorder everywhere I went and just had miles and piles of these cassette tapes that I <laughs> always kept. And, you know, with the digital age, I was able to transfer everything and, you know, kind of archive it. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is I was the same exact way as a kid. I had, a, you know, this huge tape recorder. I would tape the cartoons. I would actually tape my favorite characters, which at that time would have been, I think, Tiny Toons, which you were a part Mm -hmm. of. Um, I remember taping Buster Bunny, Elmira, Plucky Duck, you know, characters like that, and then editing them like I was interviewing them. Oh, fun. Pretty much what I'm doing now for my podcast, which is amazing. And you know, and, and and you know, at the time you're not thinking this was uber creative. You're no. just doing what what was fun. Yeah, it was it was a blast. You know, I had a, like a dual cassette rec- you know player, so I can record what the other one is playing at the same time. Sure. And, you know, I had a little microphone, or I'd pretend you know like I was a you know Carson or and you know somebody interviewing them, or yeah, it was just what I used to do on my my weekends, my spare time. I wish no, I could find fun. the tapes too. I don't ha- I don't think I have them anymore. Uh, see, you should have kept everything. I know, day. I know. It's amazing. But then the hard part is you have to go back and listen to everything. <laughs> yeah. Because I would spend hours in my office going through all these old tapes going, well, that's stupid, that's stupid. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I found one of me interviewing my grandmother, and she was pretending to be like the old lady in the shoe or something like that, and I was asking her some stupid, ridiculous questions. But, yeah, that's all I found. I was hoping to find the other ones to play them on the podcast, because I think, you know, a couple seconds would be fun to play. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just go back into your, I don't know if your parents are still around, but just say, hey, can I go through the old attic or basement or whatever yeah. and just search. And maybe my brother's got them. I think he took most of the stuff when he, because he's a couple years older than I am. So I need to ask him. There you go. So uh, tell me about this recording with Mel Blanc. Tell, t- well, set the story up, and I want to hear it again. You know, I um, I, I moved to L.A. with my parents when I was 14. I mean, they didn't move here for me to do Porky Pig, but my dad took a job here, and I thought, well, if I'm going to, live in the city where cartoons are done, I should call the guy doing them and say, hey, listen, I've seen you on TV, and you're you're getting up there in age, and I don't know if anybody's offered you a chance to retire, but I'd be happy to. And I looked in the phone book, and I couldn't find his number. And I, first of all, I didn't understand the, the concept of unlisted numbers. Uh-huh. But my dad told me that L.A. is a very big uh, uh, area, and there's a different phone book for every few blocks. So he traveled the entire L.A. county, 
and I had a stack of white page phone books from Malibu to Pasadena, and I called every blank in the book, and I couldn't find him. <laughs> and then I thought, well, let me look under his wife's name. Maybe it's listed under his wife's name, which was Estelle. And I found an e-blank in, in the Pacific Palisades phone book, and um, and I taped the conversation, and it was him, and uh, and the rest is history. He was uh, very generous. You know, he said, how old are you? I'm 14. And he said, it's really hard to get into the business. And I kind of ignored that statement. I just asked him a different question because I didn't care if it was hard to get into the business. I just wanted mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. You seemed very calm, too, when you were talking to him. Oh, no, you couldn't see the puddle of pee underneath me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was, I, my, it's funny, my mom was out shopping and I had signs all over the house. I'm talking to Mel Blank, don't hang up the phone, because it was, I was doing a very crude recording. I had a tape recorder in the kitchen with the, the receiver on my tape recorder, and I was in my parents' bedroom on the, on the, <laughs> on the extension. And my mom saw the signs and said, I don't know what this phone's doing here, and she hung it up. Oh, no. So, yeah. So, but, you know, God bless Mom. Um, <laughs> but um, what happened was I, I listened to the tape, you know, like every day for two weeks, and then the tape broke. Oh, man. And I, th- and I threw it away. And my mom retrieved it. And it wasn't, it was like 10 years ago. She called me up, or, you know, she said, I found this tape in my dresser drawer that says, phone call with Mel Blank. And I took it to a buddy who, who was able to edit it back together. And, and, and I lost a big portion of the, of the, of, of the conversation because okay. the tape broke. But during the course of the conversation, I asked Mel Blank, you know, if he was still working. And he mentioned the name of the studio he was working at that week. He didn't say the day or the time. He just said the, the name. So when I, was, when I was finished talking to him, I called the studio and I pretended to be his assistant to see if I could get what time or what day he was going to be there. And I said, <laughs> hi, I'm calling from Mel Blank, uh, just confirming his appointment for Thursday at 9. And they said, well, we got him on the books for Wednesday at 11. I went, oh, you know what? I'm looking at the <laughs> wrong day in the calendar. I'm so sorry. You're right. So I told my mom, look, I'm skipping school, and you're going to take me to watch him work. <laughs> and, she said, and she said, cool. Wow. So, so when we got to the studio, I told the receptionist that we were guests of Mel Blank, and she figured, well, he knows he's here, so he must be really a guest. And she yeah. showed me the room he was in. When I walked into his studio, I told his producer that we were friends with the receptionist, and they just let me sit and watch him work. Oh, my God. You're a one lucky guy. Or a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nowadays, you, you, you know, it wouldn't go so well, but back in those days, I guess. Nobody arrested me. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, would it be okay if I grabbed maybe 10 seconds of the audio of you talking to Mel to put it on the podcast so they can oh, see sure, a little yeah, bit absolutely. of it? Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Okay, sure. yeah. I'll play a little bit of it then. Yeah. And the, the, the other character has to repeat what he says every time he says. 
Yeah, because I mean, I w- I got goosebumps on that one and the Dawes Butler one. And Dawes was uh, that was the day I met Dawes, and I ended up studying with him for ten years. He was a, he was a terrific guy. See, and then I could have sworn you knew him for a long time. You're so calm and so you know controlled. Well, again, I went everywhere with a tape recorder, uh-huh. so I just happened to have the same tape, same tape recorder my grandmother had given me. Um, <laughs> I, I, he was at a, an animation festival, and I just said, would you do some voices on my tape recorder? And he just spewed them out. Wow. Would you do some voices on my tape recorder? Sure. Do Yogi Bear? Yeah, this is Yogi Bear. And Snagglepuss? Heavens to Murgatroyd. What's going on? And Wally Gator? Gee was. I wish that was my ever-loving Everglade. And Elroy Jetson? Uh, I see. I wish I, I'm at the mall, you know, buying, buying, you know, cells, but I wish I was in Mars. And let's see, um, Huckleberry Hound? I guess I'll Huckleberry Hound. You having a ball here? I'm having a ball. Good. How long did you take classes from him? Off and on for ten years. So what would be the best advice he gave you through those years? That it's all about the acting. It's all about character. It's not about the voice. Okay. You know, the, the voice. Every character has a voice, but all voices have character. And it, you know, it's all about the personality behind the voice. Um, it's why most people don't succeed when they try to pursue animation because they're they're just doing funny voices. Everybody yeah. tells them to do funny voices, and they're not able to make the words come to life. And it's all about the acting. Well, I, when I, I've been doing Porky for twenty three years, but every. Every time there's a major something or other, they make me audition for it, which is fine. I just mm-hmm. audition. But for uh, when Space Jam popped up, they made me do uh, Shakespeare. <laughs> and they made everybody do Shakespeare because they figured anybody could say, you know, that's all, folks, yeah. or I taught I taught Putty Tap. But if you can do Hamlet and stay in character and tell the story, you know the character. So I thought it was, I, as an actor, I thought it was a fun, yeah, uh, very clever will. challenge. Now, what did that sound like? Uh, Porky doing Hamlet? Uh-huh. Let's see. Um, <laughs> nice. Now, before you started perking, I looked at your resume, and you did quite a few of my favorite kids. Gr- I mean, not favorite kids, but favorite uh, movies growing up, like Gremlins, Total Recall, Army of Darkness. Right. What What was it like doing Gremlins? Were you actually on set or just all studio? No, Gremlins. Uh, that was actually my one of my very first jobs, and it's uh, it's um, it was a cool job. It was a really cool job. Um, that was done in post production. You know, when you mm-hmm. do voices for film, you you actually watch the film and create the characters while watching the movie. Um, so they'd finished filming everything when uh, when it was you know, it was me. It was. Jim Cummings, it was Freddie Newman, it was a whole bunch of people, and it was it was uh, it was my first gig. I was like my first big gig, my wow. first big gig for a Spielberg movie. It was kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And also Frank Welker with a stripe and Howie Mandel. Yeah, Frank and... Welker was in it, and wow, uh, Howie Mandel and uh, Peter Cullen, I think, was in it. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool. Did you know about those guys since you no knew? really no no Jim Cummings and I? I mean, I think it was one of our first jobs and. Um, uh, no, I mean, I Fred, Fred Newman had a book called Mouth Sounds that I knew of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mike Winslow, he was the guy that oh, did wacky yep. sound effects for uh, the, Police for the Police Academy movies. Uh, and Howie Mandel was on uh, St. Elsewhere at the time. Okay. But um, I'd only been in the business a couple of years. I mean, I knew Frank. Mm-hmm. I, I worked with Frank mm-hmm. on my very first job. I knew of Frank because I was a fan of his since I was five years old. Yeah, but, of course. Um, 
but no, I, I really honestly didn't uh, didn't know that many of the people. Did you guys all record together in a studio, or is it a separate or both? Oh, okay. Both. Um, Frank and Howie did most of their stuff separately. Yeah, for the two main. I filled in for some of the stuff that they, the characters that they did on days they weren't available, and Howie was doing Sam elsewhere, so he couldn't come back as often. Um, we kind of all covered for each other, and for the most part, I did the the group stuff. You know, the Gremlins multiplying in swimming pools, or the bar scene, yeah. and the Gremlin on the on the uh, ceiling fan, things like that. I did a gremlin exploding in a microwave. Um, but it was a, it was a really fun job. It was a vocally stressful job. It was a few days and all day. And it was just, you know, Joe Dante was directing, Spielberg was producing. And, um, it was amazing. Mark Mangini was the sound guy and I'll never forget him. He was, he gave me my first big gig. And if he's listening, thank you, Mark. Yeah. I mean, gremlins, it's, it's still a classic. I hear rumors they're going to be doing a remake. I heard the same rumors recently, too. And if they're listening, I'd like a job. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, what did you do on Total Recall? There is a scene in Total Recall where it's the customs office or the customs department at Mars, and this big chubby lady comes yeah. to and have her passport signed, and the guy says, do you have anything to declare? And she starts to freak out, uh-huh. and Arnold kind of peels out of her face. Uh-huh. Well, the the guy that played the customs officer was Austrian, and oh. he sounded just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so they thought they would give the joke away if this guy says to have anything to declare. <laughs> and so I dubbed his voice. Nice. So it's my voice coming out of his face, which is, you know, yeah. odd. Yeah. You see, hear your voice come out of somebody else's face, but it's pretty common in most motion pictures that somebody's revoiced. And that's probably the most iconic part of the movie, too. Yeah, it was a really, really cool, uh, really cool moment to uh, to be in, and you know nobody's paying attention to me; they're paying attention to the fat lady. Yeah, <laughs> got Arnold Schwarzenegger freaking out and face opening it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've also done some Miyazaki stuff, which I love Miyazaki. Yeah, Miyazaki's pretty much a genius. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. What was it like doing the Spirited Away dubbing for for that movie? Um. You know, the movie is beyond creative. Uh, you watch that movie and you're like, how do people think of this stuff? I know. Um, it, you know, I was lucky because it, it, it was produced by, or at least the uh, English dub was produced by the folks from Pixar. Yeah. And I'd worked with them quite a bit, so I didn't audition for it. They just called me in oh, to, wow. to do the film. And, um, you know, they were, it, it was very collaborative. I was watching this character, No Face, and I was watching the Japanese dub, and I was like, you know, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to do what he's doing or want me to create some new stuff? And they said, how about a little bit of both? Hmm. So I stuck to some of the original stuff when he was being a little bit more, you know, um, quiet or doing yeah. less syllable sounds. And then I I had fun. You know, there was a scene where he was, he was vomiting. Like, you know, just these props and characters. And I was able to just kind of go to town and have fun with it. So, um you know, they were uh, they were great people to work with. Yeah, it's been a few years since I've seen it. I don't remember what he sounded like. Oh, man, and I don't either, because huh. I did it once, and I yeah. haven't seen it in a million years, but I just, I remember he would walk around this very pitiful, ah, uh, uh, Yeah, there you go. I remember that, and I... That's all I remember is him doing I, that. I remember that, and I and then I played this little green frog. Well, of course, all frogs are green. And, <laughs> and, he, and he eats the frog, and he kind of takes on his personality. Yeah, okay. And, um, 
I remember saying, I want sin, bring me sin, and I don't even remember what it sounded like or why I said it, but it was uh, a long time ago, too. Yeah, I do, I do remember that now that you say that. Okay. Yeah, I started watching it again last night, and it's a great I, movie. I love it. Well, that I movie. took my manager to see it to a screening at Disney. It was over. She took, took to me, looked at me, and she said, what kind of drugs <laughs> does it take to make a movie like this? And Seriously. I said, you know, honestly, I just, I just think they're uber creative people. And it's all hand-drawn still. It's amazing. Yeah. All right, and then there was Porky Pig, the character that you wanted to be ever since you were five years old. Yeah. So what was that reaction like when you found out you were being Porky? Well, I had a million auditions. I mean, I auditioned for it, and had a callback, had a callback, had a callback, and my last callback was for Chuck Jones, who didn't like me. He didn't like um, you? No, he thought I was too young. Oh, okay. Um, I went to shake his hand, and I was, like, shaking because I was so nervous, and (laughs) I never get nervous. And uh, he said, why are you so nervous? And I said, I'm, I'm about to do Porky Pig for Chuck Jones. It's like doing Jesus for God. <laughs> and and he just thought I was too young. I was you know, in my 20s. And he just said, yeah, he's too young to really understand the complexities of, these, of this character. So my first job was Tiny Toons. And um, I was lucky. It was, it was kind of neat. My, I, I just bought my first house, and I was at a session, and my mom was at the house waiting for a delivery. And she was the one that got the phone call from my agent that I booked Porky Pig. So it was really kind of cool that she was the one who got to yeah, take that phone call. That would be really cool, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and then and then my parents took me out to celebrate for dinner that night, and I ordered pork chops because I figured it was appropriate. <laughs> and there you go. You've been Porky and, for 23 years. And for 23 years, yeah. Wow. Did Chuck Jones ever come around and, you know, grow to Not like much. you? No. No, I never met him. Wow. After that, and um, uh, no, but he also, I think honestly, the studio had him there at that last audition, more as a, uh, I don't know, uh, a respect thing rather than yeah. a, a, a decision thing. He didn't really have any say, obviously, in in the decision. But he did a series of his own shorts after I had been cast as Porky Pig, and he hired um, Frank Gorshin to do most of the Looney Tunes characters. Hmm. So, you know, here's you can't please everybody. No, you can't. <laughs> It'd be nice to say Chuck Jones liked me, but he didn't. <laughs> and wouldn't Tiny Toons have been the first thing since the original Looney Tunes? I don't think much was in between, were there? Well, I mean, you know, there was an occasional special. Yeah, okay. Uh, there might have been toys, commercials. Um, the thing that I was watching Mel Blanc record was uh, an Ice Capade show with the Looney Tunes. Okay. But yeah. Tiny Toons was like the first. In fact, it's funny. They the Tiny Toons were are all original characters, but they had the original Looney Tunes on the show. In the event the Tiny Toons weren't successful, they would come well, we can make it the Bugs Bunny show. Oh, really? But, but Tiny Toons was a really brilliant, well written, well produced show. So it really, I mean, the Looney Tunes were were, if anything, um, supporting characters, and they really weren't needed. The, no. the, the Tiny Toons characters held their own. And if I remember correctly, there was less and less of them as the seasons went on, too. Correct. Of, of the Looney Tunes? Yeah. Yeah, correct. I mean, the, la- the first thing I did that was strictly Looney Tunes, I mean, just the major thing was Space Jam. Okay. And, you know, over the years we've done, you know, back in action, I did the, the series Duck Dodgers and the current Looney Tunes show, so they're, they're, they haven't gone away. But it's not like the old days where you go to every Warner Brothers movie has a, a, a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. 
No, I wish they did. I know. Seriously, that'd be so awesome. I mean, just have it like two minutes short instead of the stupid commercials we get in between. You know, I got to tell you, I think the audience would go crazy, but it's not the audience and it's not Warner Brothers. It's the theater owners. They don't want cartoons because if every movie had a six-minute cartoon, but at the end of the day, they could have almost shown a whole other movie. Yep. And gotten a lot more box office. Yep. So that's the real reason why they don't show cartoons. Yeah, it's just a shame. I agree. Now, Looney Tunes show, one of my favorites. I, cool. I still watch it pretty much every day with my... i got three girls who watch it almost every day, and they crack up over oh, every, good. every little thing. Now, I, I just found out last night that it was canceled. Is that true? Well, from what I understand, yeah. Um, season three is it. Oh. Uh, they, they haven't finished airing everything in season three. I but, don't think so. Um, and it's and it and they decided to not move forward with another season, and it was still doing really well in the ratings. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you. Maybe Jeff Bergman's asking for too much money or something. I really doubt it. <laughs> I know what he was making, and it was and trust me, he was doing it. He wasn't it wasn't going to break the bank. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I... um, yeah, I don't know. It, but I, I I can tell you that you know there will always be Looney Tunes something. Yeah. So Porky will. Continue somewhere else. Yes, Porky will 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 pork again. Hopefully, you don't have to, you know, try out in Shakespeare again. I can guarantee, sometime in my career, probably more than once, they'll they'll make me audition again because it's just the way of yeah. the business. Yep. But that's okay. Somebody new is going to be head of you know the department. And... Well, I mean, I did the pilot for the Looney Tunes show, and then they held auditions. Really? Yeah. Wow. So after I did the pilot, they held auditions, and I'm like, okay. Uh, and I went in and I auditioned because that's what you do. I don't own the character, and you know it is it is a business. It's show business, so you know you can you can be either you know prideful or 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 have a huge ego, or you can just go, hey, I just got to go with the flow if I want to continue doing what I do. Yeah. Now, what, what's next for you? What is next for me? Um, well, let's see. Uh, I've got a. I've got a project I can't talk about because I signed a non-disclosure agreement, but within the next few weeks, you'll know about it. Okay. Um, and i got lots of games I'm working on. I did a new Skylander game. And, oh, nice. Um, oh, gosh, all kinds of commercials, and I just did an episode of The Avengers Assembled, so I'm busy. <laughs> Good to hear. Yeah, I'm busy. It's, it, I'm lucky. And no new uh, Porky news coming up, or...? Um, uh, not that I know of, but you never know what's in development. Um, you know, the the thing the thing with Warner Brothers is they 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 don't even tell me until it's ready to go. Okay. So they may be in development with all kinds of stuff and I'll get the phone call, Hey, this new film is going on, you're working next Friday. Okay. So I just you know, I go I when they call I, I, I go. And uh where can people find you online? Oh my goodness! Well, I've got uh, BobBergen.com is my uh, website. Uh, um, uh, at Bob Bergen on Twitter, and uh, I'm on Facebook. Sweet. And there's a Facebook. If they want to, I teach all over the country. If they're interested in my classes, and there's a page called All Things Bob Bergen. And yeah, I'm. I'm hey, just Google me. You'll find me. I'm pretty <laughs> accessible. Well, I hope you come to Montana sometime. Oh well, you know what? I've never been invited, but I would love to. Well, now you have. So now come. I believe I was in Montana. Is Montana really high? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went to a, a, a tennis tournament, a celebrity tennis tournament in Montana, and I literally fell asleep being served. 
I was just like, I, I, I keeled over and I fell asleep waiting for a serve. So that's your memory of Montana. That's nice. There you go. But it was beautiful. Oh, it Holy is. Crud was it it beautiful. is. I know. It's cold, too. Well, I, it, was, it wasn't It was uh, wintertime when I was there, but hey, listen, it was, two weeks ago, I'm in Los Angeles, it was 85 degrees. It gets boring uh, here. I'm sure it does after, you know, 10 years, but it will sure be nice, you know. It's pretty cold I now. I wouldn't mind a good snowstorm here. I'll trade you then. There you go. <laughs> Well, Bob, this has been huge. I'm a huge fan of your work. Have been for, I guess, Tiny Tunes would have been the first time I really knew who you were. So, well, I appreciate it, Tim. Thanks. Been great. Um, can you have? Can I have you close the podcast as Porky? Oh, absolutely. I have to go get him. Hang on, Porky. They want you to say the words that line. Okay. Uh, all right. It's been fun, Tim. And you believe you believe that's all, folks. And that's going to conclude this episode of Saturday Morning Rewind. Please remember to rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. All of the links can be found on our website at hitrockbottom.org under the podcast section. Also remember to enter in and win the contest that I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. The contest runs to the end of the month. Thank you so much for listening, and here is a sample of who you're going to hear on the next episode. got a shiny nose. It's a, it's a shiny? I'd even say it glow. We're a couple of misfits. 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 Thanks again. I'll see you next time. Is your mom there? No, I'm home alone. Well, you won a prize. What's your address? Uh, 42 Oak Street. Hey, Roblox, some stranger's bringing me a prize. A stranger, huh? All he wanted to bring you was trouble. Remember, never tell anyone you're home alone and never give anyone your address. I'll say mom can't come to the phone. Smart thinking. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Hey, thanks for listening to the Saturday Morning Rewind. And you believe you, believe you, that's all, folks.